And then I bought a little um, eight track digital recorder, which I actually um, still record on. It's kind of nuts. Um, and I've kind of hit, I've kind of hit a brick wall with it. But I've gotten really good. At, <laughs> well, it is kinda, But it's I've gotten enough. really good at using that machine. When I started, it just like I got it, you know, to, to have just to experiment with recording and and be able to um, record my ideas and stuff. And then it just kind of had a revelation where it was like, well, you know, I think I could get these songs good enough where I could release this. I could throw these on the internet, and um, this could be my album because um, a lot of the stuff I was doing. It was kind of nice not having to depend on anyone. I could just throw down the, the bass and the guitars and maybe little keys and um, some percussion. And I did have a, um, a drummer that was playing with me at the time, Adam McMillan. He lives in Asheville now, and he, he did all the drums for all the, all the recordings I've done so far. Right. Um, but that's when uh, I really just started getting to know that machine and really falling in love with uh, just the art of recording and um, learning how to do it. And then, you know, after that, I learned how to do it better. And you can kind of see, if you look at all the albums I've put out, um, just as Marshall Brown, like over, since 2010, you can kind of see a, a progression. Like, you can tell that I was learning a little, <laughs> a bit more, yeah. you know. Well, that's um, when I, and I was looking at it, and it's like, to, to say you're a prolific artist is one thing. Like, I mean, you, you put out all of this music but I don't mean that in a way that you just you write a great deal of music because I've got I know tons of musicians that you know they they write lots of music it's a their homes are fertile ground for creativity and then you don't see anything or hear anything ever outside of that so it's not about just writing music and putting it into your iPhone you release it you you, you orchestrate it you produce I mean it's produced it's on the album and then it's on the internet for everybody to hear so that's like there's a whole other step involved in that rather than just writing and being a prolific artist being prolific and then actually having 70 songs or 50 songs out there for people to listen to and hear and that's yeah. a whole other step right yeah, um, a whole nother you know, level, level of obsession. Yes, you're right. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is I've, I've been... I know that part. time. <laughs> I've been, since I started putting stuff up online, you know, I've been writing songs for a good amount of years already. So I had kind of come into my own, uh, you know, in one sense, uh, just writing songs. And uh, I ha actually have been a person, you know, that pretty much everything I write... I do put out like I don't have many things that don't get put out but that being said I, I, I write a lot of stuff in my head that I just junk because I don't think it's good enough like I don't really work on something unless I really feel like it's right worth putting out right well I mean and like I, second childhood it had 15 songs on it am I right that's, that's right yeah. I mean that's blood sugar sex magic material right there that's like a huge <laughs> album that's a double album maybe. and there you know I don't mean to say that there's no filler like some of those songs are less songs than other songs <laughs> You know, right? Like they're not the what you would consider like you know the big single, um, but I, I like to uh, I like it, I like making a place for that kind of stuff on an album right. to make it a listening experience to have little thingamajigs here and there. You know, I'm a big fan of thingamajigs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. I used to play I, a thingamajig. I got you thingamajigs. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. play a few thingamajigs tonight. I did. Yeah, it was awesome. Sh the basis of Sean and I's entire relationship is thingamajigs. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. putting anything on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> well, mine broke, but. Whose was it? Yeah. All right. Well, man, how about introduce us to some of these fine musicians, and then you guys can get started. Let's see who's playing what.
Sure. Well, this you know them as well as I do. I'm just meeting them tonight. Um, <laughs> do you even know their names? Because I'm, I'm joking. These guys, I have been um, really lucky to have these guys. Um, you know, as musicians, but as friends, as as uh, because you know we we play a lot of things. You know, we don't always make a whole lot of money, but we do do what we want to do. And um, when you're not making money, it takes having someone in your your band that is a friend. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you um, make money because if you do, so we don't you, make money. Please share, <laughs> oh, no, we make please share money. the uh, um, secret. We'll, we'll have an invoice in. Okay, but, <laughs> but, but you, you, you get But you get my point. You get my point. You know, yeah. money, um, you know, it's much better to uh, not have to rely on that to have uh, your friends play with you. If they're friends, then, you know, they'll play with you, and it's good to have. Oh, sure. Uh, but these guys are all. Um, Really good too, so so that's uh, why you're our friend. It's <laughs> <laughs> he has to work so it much. It goes less. both ways. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, this uh, this right here is uh, Sean Thompson, and um, Sean Thompson is all kind. All he is he is all kinds. Um, He's he can play guitar. a lot of different styles, um, but he does uh, leads up post timing string band um, with uh, Kelly. Um, don't, this, do, don't do all that for me. This behind me, <laughs> this is Adam Corbett. Adam Corbett has been um, playing bass with me really since since we I first started like putting a band together. Um, this, by the, I'll just go on and say this is mostly the restoration. <laughs> um, but I, I kind of became friends about the time I started doing my own thing and recording my own stuff by myself. Um, I became friends with all these guys and you know we after time and you know they had to at first they were just only around me when I was just drunk at their shows and hooting <laughs> yeah. and hollering how awkward and it took two years before they only saw me not they... like that but um <laughs> but so Adam Corbett's been playing with me for a really long time he's a great bass guitarist um He's really good at, you know, learning something that I'm particular about. Like, I want it played like this, but also, like, on things, I don't have to worry about him because he can just uh, do whatever he wants to do, and it's going to be perfect. Or I can um, go home. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. um, or, or, he, or he can go home. Um, <laughs> this, this guy over here, everybody knows, is Daniel Machado. And um, Daniel was also um, in it from the beginning. He uh, um, actually even played... Um, some keys for a while before Sharon back here got in and that shows how great he is because he doesn't even really play keys but he can uh, he can sit in and help out um, but he's got a really great voice and it's always nice having him uh, back me up and uh, do some um, some background vocals and um, behind him is Sharon back here Sharon Anna Shaker and uh, Sharon is the piano player. Like this guy can um, do anything. I don't have to make chord sheets for him. He <laughs> listens to it for a minute and he's on it. Um, and uh, he actually just started playing with us um, at the same time Sean did um, before Second Childhood. They did the um, the CD release with us was the first time. And we've been doing that ever since. This over here is Catherine Algram, and she is awesome because she, um, it's, it's the first time we've had brass in the band, and um, 
It actually started because uh, when she laid down some uh, trombone on Second Childhood, there's uh, how many songs is it? Is it three, four. three or four um, that have uh, trombone on them? And so um, she kind of started hanging out, and um, it's really cool to have that on stage. Um, that's something you know we never really did a whole lot of. We, we before before that we were pretty much just a guitar band. <laughs> um, so that's really cool, and she also can sing very beautifully. So she's um, yeah, we've gradually been kind of pulling her in on some background vocals as well. And I'm and I'm Johnny Cash. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. All right, guys. Well, I'm not going to hold you up anymore. Let's check out Woodshed, live at the Woodshed. And this is the Marshall Brown Band. Right on. Thank you. We're going to start off with a, a little piece um, that actually really has never been played before, other than just, you know, when we've been practicing it. Um, but it's a piece that went on the single for Rare Birds, which is a... Um, single that I released ahead of time uh, before Second Childhood came out, the last album. And um, it's called Pterodactyl Soup. And we're going to run that into Rare Birds. And we're going to play some songs for you guys, so I hope you guys like it. You want to count it off? Bye. 
spring fever and I literally wrote this song uh, on my porch um, after a fight hope that's not TMI a little fight uh, kung fu um, fight um, and it was very uh, it was getting chilly the trees were dead and um, and I just started singing this song in front of the person I kung fu fought with and um, <laughs> their heart was broken
days get shorter And the darkness never leaves Remember the winter brings the spring
shortage of vanity and Mark Bowen's personality um, and it's this song is called life's the gas there were some I was trying to play the shortage the gash shortage um, this is a t-rex song called life's the gas I could have loved you girl like a planet I could have changed your heart to a star But it all really doesn't matter at all No, it all really doesn't matter at all Life's a gas Yeah. 
Some for now, I would need to. I might play it on the second set. I need that other guitar. Okay. Um, I'm gonna play this one by myself. This song, um, after I put out the first record, uh, which was New Moons, um, after that I did a little short little EP type thing um, called uh, the Blue Shades EP, and this song is called First of John's 48 Dreams. Um, which, if you never put it together, um, it's First uh, John four eight. It's uh, God is love. Um, but uh, this is that song, and it's very repetitious. 
on, on the guitar. So I hope you don't get bored. I'll try and um, sing it to where you won't be bored. <laughs> I had a dream that I went home Saw people that I knew But they weren't people that I know A familiar voice said to me Who is God and what is God? I said, God is love, and that's all. I said, God is love, and that's all. Take what you get from it, cause all you get is what you take. God is love, and that's I had a dream that I went away from home again And things were so different, much like they were before A familiar voice that said to me I said, God is love, and that's all. I said, God is love, and that's all. Take what you get from it, cause all you get is what you take. God is love, and that's that's all, that's all. I had a dream for it I'm gonna try and do this little uh, quick little thing called Venetian Summers is off an album called um, Group of All Being Colored Glasses. Um, just a little piece. I'm gonna try it. See, see if I can do it. Right. Yeah. 
you're not looking for romance, then please don't ask me to dance. One man's heaven is another one's hell. If a kiss could really kill it, I can promise you I never would tell. If a kiss could really Lockness Lover and Art of Falling. Like I said, there's no, um, no, no structure for the work. Cool, right on. I like for the last second to be, you know, where we can just basically forget everything and just play. Cool, know, cool. Like right on. Well, this uh, Lockness Lover is uh, one I actually haven't done in a while. Um, it's one I did a lot for a long time and then kind of really just got tired of it and really left it off of this list when I was. Um, you know, I had a friend tell me, he was like, man, you got to do that. You haven't been doing it. You got to do it. And um, certainly for people that haven't heard it, you know, I, um, I, I threw it in here. I figured we'd, um, we'd do this one. Um, so this is called Loch Ness Lover. Just my mind 
Changed a lot of things since you left me in the fall. I really can't remember all you said in September, but October won't get out my head. Really can't recall all you said at the fall. Oh, oh. 
are we on time? Oh, you're good. I mean, it's, uh, you want to do one more and then take a break? Yeah, let me do one more. Um, mind if I go to, might go to piano and do an old one off of New Moons real quick to close out. Oh, cool. What do you think? For this we'll set? Take a, take a pee and smoke break. Bye. Is there any, um, <laughs> is there anything I should do mic-wise if I'm going to be singing back there? No. Yeah, well, we're going to take a little break. Marshall's going to play us out on the break here with on the keyboard. Just uh, pretty groovy. Yeah, I was just noticing that if you've ever played the woodshed, you notice a couple of things. And one of the things you notice is how insanely quiet you need to be. I, I noticed Adam was like opening a Corona with the most careful, like it, it, so it wouldn't make a sound. You watch it happen. It was like in such slow motion. It was almost backwards. That's how slow it was. But that's how quiet you have to be here. Well, the funny, you know, I like having all the you know, chit chat. So you just got to be careful. You know, you got to be a little bit careful. But having the background noise is kind of fun. Yeah. But it's, it, it makes you feel like you're here, which is the point. Which is. But what's bad is when somebody like wants to act, open a bag of chips and they take like 10 minutes to do it. Hold on, open baby. the chips. Yeah. Oh, no. How about I just gonna eat some burritos <laughs> real quick? Go ahead. Excruciating. Let's <laughs> feel the I haven't done it in a really long time. I thought I'd try it. Um, the last few times, that I went a while where, where I did do this one. I did it on guitar, but I kind of wanted to try it out on piano the way it was recorded. And we'll see how it goes. This is an old song when I was writing a lot more um, sappy stuff. Most of my songs now are about drinking and smoking. <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> But uh, this is a this is a sweet song.
Brown. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. So we're going to be right back with you in just a couple minutes here with some more Marshall Brown. And Marshall's going to sit down with me for a few, for a few questions here in the interview. So uh, enjoy. So uh, the only problem, Stephen, is that um, we have nothing planned for this intermission. Um, so unless you and I sit here and make let's something chat up, about let's um, chat about. then it's going to so be kind of dead air. Okay. So let's, 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 let me talk to you a little bit about my day. Not tell me about your day. <laughs> my day involved. Wait a minute. Drink, please. The best part Patrick, of my Patrick, you know what, you, no, Pat, you know what, Patrick? <laughs> let's just say the best part of my day is right here. There we go. All right. That works. <laughs> All right. So, Marshall. Yes, sir. Let's talk. I was looking and I was listening, and I had this. Uh, I was, well, you know, I was listening to Second Childhood, and I, I'm sitting and I'm 
you know, I'm, I'm listening to a lot of the songs, and I, there's no doubt there's like this huge Beatles influence there. Sure. And particularly uh, a song like, for example, State of Grace, you know, when it brings you these echoes of like oh, sure. Tomorrow Never Knows, or, you know, in general, a, a very big, strong appreciation of the Revolver album. I kept seeing, hearing like this, it kept coming to mind. I'm like, throughout the album, oh, this is big, great, wonderful influence of, of Revolver, and, and particularly some of Lennon's songwriting on that album. Sure. Um, you know, can you speak to your Beatles? Influence? Sure, absolutely. Uh, that's definitely a real big influence. I am, um, people that know me close know that I am the Beatle nerd. Um, it gets to the point where, like, I already know everything, so it's not fun for me to um, try and learn, learn new things about them, because I just already know it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that sounds a little cocky. But um, I do know a lot. I've, I've really, like, studied them. And... Um, Definitely songs like uh, State of Grace, um, you know, talking about Tomorrow Knows. Tomorrow Never Knows for them was a big um, experimental song where they were kind of playing with little bits and, like, pieces that they were putting backwards and speeding up and doing all this kind of thing. And there's, there's yeah, a and lot of that Yeah, I was hearing that, that Here, There, and Everywhere, too. It's kind of like the same yeah. sort of thing in the same album, but it's, it's the same sort of feel like where you're putting things in different places. And like sure, there's a lot. That's probably one of the most, I put a the most experimental, like painstaking effort into that song. There's a lot of um, piano that was turned backwards and then I um, had to move it to the right spot in the song where it would sound right. And there's like, a, during the intro, there's a little flitting um, backwards piano thing that it wasn't all just in that place. I kind of had to sculpt it and put it where I wanted it, which especially dealing with um, the eight track recorder that I, I do, that I use, that was, pretty painstaking but I'm really happy the way with the way it turned out and we had um, Alderman Douglas put some cello down on that one um, yeah I, I, I like the way that one turned out so I was listening to so tired and the first thing you know that came to me when I'm listening to the song is that that's an artist that understands melody that understands the importance <laughs> of a melodic structure so can you kind of speak to because I know that there are a lot of people who listen to some you know, the woodshed and they, they listen and they appreciate really good music and really and how to make music so can you kind of elaborate on the importance of maybe a melody and creating and, and maybe even to some degree the order you use you know a particular order when crafting a song sure uh, well that particular song so tired that was kind of my homage I was trying to do almost like like a, um, you know with my limited ability um, in the, my bedroom studio um, I was trying to do uh, like a Pet Sounds-ish song, and um, I feel like the, that particular melody definitely is taken from like that mid-60s kind of Brian Wilson type feel where the, the progression circles around, but the melody has winded down and it's kind of in a different place when, this, when it comes around the second time. It's kind of starting high and then working lower. Uh, but... Um, that's another one that uh, Alderman Douglas put cello on. I'm really happy with that. But yeah, as far as, far as writing, um, you know, you just you spend an amount of time developing an ear. Uh, I'm not like a real big theory person. Um, I do a lot just by, you know, what sounds right. And sometimes you do something over and over and over again to figure out what sounds right. And sometimes it just comes. And as far as writing, I really write in all different ways. I have, I keep, you know, um, it used to be scrapbooks. Now it's just in my phone. I 
keep little notes of like lyrics and stuff. So I have some songs like I just want to play. Um, rock and roll is kind of just filled with nonsense lyrics that are were little things that I would, had been holding on to, just little play on word type things. Um, but then a lot of times it really, a lot of times the music comes first and, you know, the lyrics end up being just what comes out, you know, and it's not that much thought. Sometimes I feel like it's what just comes out is the best. Yeah. Um, and in terms of like, uh, you speak to like the new, the new way of like recording ideas. It used to be for like, you know, not even that long ago where you would just yeah. have to record an idea down on a four track or on down on to even to just notebook paper. But now it's so quick to record an idea onto your phone. Uh, I got this app, wait, wait, Music Memo, I think it's called. But yeah. it, it is the best. You know, by the way, this is brought to you by Music Memo. But <laughs> this is Music Memo is the greatest app. I mean, for if you're a musician and trying to like put an idea onto uh, and, and trying to construct some sort of orchestration. But um, I mean, you see, there are advantages, right? To oh, like yeah. Having oh, yeah. Well, it, because it does go further than lyrics. A lot of times when I do have like a melody or something that kind of hits my head, a lot of those things I will totally forget if I don't um, document them. And so I'll, you know, I'll sound record and sing a little thing, you know, on, on my phone just to, so I don't forget the melody. Because that's the easiest for me to forget um, if it's something that just comes to me. You know, if I go on throughout my day and I haven't documented it, I'll go back and I'm just, I can't remember it. Um, but um, yeah, that helps out a lot. For sure. Any gearheads out here, like Patrick, who is a total gearhead, is there any other, uh, you want to run through like kind of what you're playing tonight? What you kind of, what you what you like to play? What's some of your gear? What's your guitars? What's your... Um, yeah, well, the uh, I don't do an acoustic thing too often. This. Uh, acoustic guitar is actually not anything that I've sunk any money. I didn't even change the strings for tonight. Sweet. I, was I was afraid I didn't want them to uh, oh, yeah. be all detuning and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it probably would have been a good bit louder if I would have changed the strings. Um, but uh, I'm not too big of a gearhead. I do, when I play full band, I have a, um, I think it's a 1999 um, American Telecaster that I love. Um, and I have a, um, an AC, Vox AC-15 that I really love. Um, it's a little more affordable, you know, than the AC-30. Um, for the type of gigs we play, it's plenty loud, and, um, I feel like that has a lot to do with our sound. That old, um, because even, even the new ones, like, they've really done a good job, Vox has, of keeping that old vintage 60s sound. Yeah, AC-30s are, are great. Exactly. So, all right, hear me out. So I'm looking at your, you know, you classify some of your music as, I guess, psychedelic pop rock. Mm -hmm. All right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm right. And, you know, labels are like drummers' girlfriends. They kind of suck. Yeah. So, you know, seriously, are you pretty comfortable with that label? Or are you sort of just um, Well, I try and um, I'm pretty comfortable with it because I feel like it's pretty generic. I don't like to get uh, too detailed with it because I feel like there are uh, we do different types of songs. We're not we don't have such a style that you know we do one thing and don't venture off of it. Um, so pop rock I feel like is pretty generic, um, which you know I guess if you're really trying to describe something and let someone know exactly what you do, maybe it's not good. But I'd almost rather be generic because labels suck, right. and I don't like being. Um, Just good. I would. Music. I would hate to have someone turn away because 
my label was so specific. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and they're like, oh, I don't like that. But, right. um, and you know, psychedelic is, in a way, I mean, that can be interpreted in different ways. I like uh, the recording. I like just having a lot of textures and things going on. I really love stereo. Um, yeah. Not necessarily effects as much as um, mixing, like a lot of stereo. Things that are kind of happening in your head when you're sitting there with headphones on, right. I really love that. And so that's kind of why I pulled the psychedelic, although we're, you know, probably not as psychedelic as some other well, artists. You know, I was into the origin. I love, like, finding the origins and beginnings of things. And, like, so yeah. I started thinking about it. I was like, okay, the name, when I was thinking about your, your tunes, I was like, okay, the origin of the word psychedelic. Like, that's just a strange word. I get the word where probably psych came from, but. Yeah. So where does that word come from? Where so I started doing a little research. Well, where does it come from, right? <laughs> so I'm looking at it, and I'm like, all right, so let me find this out. So I do some more, some little research, and I found out it's basically, a, you know, it's coined in the 60s, 50s and 60s, but it's not a, an exact translation. It's sort of like a half-assed translation of the Greek words for manifest and spirit, hmm. which are cool. I, I dig that, but you had these two early pioneers of LSD, and it was um, you know, Aldous Huxley and his psychi uh, psychiatrist friend, this guy's named Humphrey Osmond. Okay. And so these two are having this conversation, and the two are talking and, and trying to describe the experience of using LSD. The, the guy, Oz Osmond, he, the psychiatrist, he says, to fathom hell or soar angelic, just take a pinch of psychedelic. <laughs> and that was like the first term, that and term. That, it was time it was ever you know, used. Is that not a, yeah. Yeah, really? that's, that's the that's first it. reference to it? It's the first reference to oh, psychedelic. That's cool. The ever time first time it's ever used was like the fathom hell or sore angelic. Just take a pinch of psychedelic. Nice. And it's probably the coolest time that thing has ever been used. I'm pretty I'm sure. Pretty after sure. Yeah, yeah, after that it's used rather that's negatively in a lot of Hey, we, I know just not to break up the whole thing and um, you did, but but go ahead. I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I just didn't, uh, you didn't get a chance to hit the restroom and then didn't know uh we're right ready, ready to go. Yeah, I might do that real quick. Alright. Will you take the mic with you by the way? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't need to. Oh, I have a to really the, uh, loud stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. But well, uh, um, anyway, so but, but certainly we can continue. Oh, we can. We can. Uh, Let's do that. Did you? Uh, did I cut out too many of your questions that you had? Well, me? not really. There was nothing more than other just a bunch of lame questions and nothing interesting to talk about there. <coughs> well, but, you know. Well. Essentially, I'm talking about the woodshed and what this place is, has really kind of become. So when I think about when I think about a woodshed, I think about creating something that's never been created before, something that is totally unique and different and cool, and something that is uh, fresh. I mean, it's 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 putting something. That you, basically, the coolest thing about this place is you're you're actually creating something new and different and history and it's being put to wax i mean not literally but you know what i mean like the, the phrase putting it down for posterity's sake you know it's an archive it was funny when uh when i was uh first started this i remember i was calling it tune in for a live archive and uh and i had been doing it for a little while and it was just something weird i mean the whole concept of it really had thought it's funny it's like, what exactly does live archive mean because it really does sound contrary you know like Counterintuitive, I guess, or whatever the word can do. But I, I hope that we've achieved that—that that people realize that what we're doing is that we're we're not just recording, but we're, we're all having a good time, and we're legitimately just having a good time. So this is, you know, and I think that's. Uh, 
I, that's what we're capturing, and that's the thing that makes it a lot of work out. Yeah, we're captured. Somebody was opening beers earlier. Clearly, uh, yeah. it's a good I time. I mean, there's times we have a, a, a thing that's uh, captured when people in there drinking, and there's so many where you can hear corks popping. Those are important. Uh, they are. That, that, that You're right about that. Dogs you know, barking in the background. I yes. Mean, this, this is just a, um, Gunshots firing in the distance. It is. As Mark Lord said, this, this really is just my backyard. <laughs> 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 it, it really is. I could, uh, yeah. Dogs and, and guns and sirens. It's great. <laughs> guns and sirens. I didn't know you downtown. Hey, so I hear the riots going a little rough down there. <laughs> Good night, Mom. Well, we can be right on it. Hey. All right. Enjoy it. We're hoping the band will come rescue us from having to uh, talk. Do you have anything you'd like to tell uh, the, the, the No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it was good seeing you. That was good time. Well, good time. So um, while we're waiting on them to England, I want to ask you something. You, please, you and I had started talking on this whole thing. Now, obviously, getting totally uh, hoodwinked into this third, you know, this sort of thing that I do. Yeah. No, but I mean, we kind of just started enjoying hanging out and doing this broadcast thing. It really has been a lot of damn fun. But you had an idea, a specific, a more specific idea, um, when you started about bringing in a variety aspects. Yes. Well, that's what kind of started our conversation. I mean, it's evolved to well, us just basically going, hey, let's go do this. Right. But, but I don't know. I think this is something different. You still well, want to do the other thing? The variety too? thing is kind of, well, I didn't really want to tell you, but it evolved more like strippers and adult entertainment. Yeah. And well, that's that was, what I was hoping. Well, that was the variety <laughs> aspect. But then. Well, we can still do that. Okay. We just well, don't so need to actually have a show about it. Well. <laughs> Well, it is difficult to get adult entertainment on radio. It is, it you is. Know, you, you lose and sort of ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you lose sort of the purpose of it. I mean, I Tell suppose you. we can make it happen. It's kind of hard to keep up with the description of what's actually going on. Right well, you, yeah, that is true. You, it does it does lose a bit. But it's been done before. We would not be pioneers in that. Be, yeah. So I believe that there is some element of... Uh, study that needs to be done there. But anyhow, yeah, I was uh, looking to do a variety show, and I'm thinking we're going to kind of morph hey. into that at some point. Yes, look at here, we have a beautiful lady. Come on in. This, guys, this is a live, not only is this a live radio show, this is a live show. We have guests entering and exiting and going to get beers and putting down water for the dog. And this is Ron Rollins' wife, Judith. You know Ron, who played at the um, Harmony of Giving concert. Oh, of they, course, uh, yes. Played awesome. with Chris Compton. This is his wife. Job. Yes, he was. Uh, she was. He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's pretty good. His wife says. He, he's all right. He's passable <laughs> for government work, right? Yeah, yes, he, he is. Like <laughs> not even for government work. Okay, well that's well, not too bad. I hope the uh, so we're down. It's like uh, eight fifteen there. Um, because we, I mean, nine fifteen. So we do have a fairly hard stop at ten. So hard stop. Yeah, you know, with the neighborhood noise ordinance and stuff like that. Unfortunately, we uh, we don't get to go back past it. Well, if I, this thing's got so an extension cable, I'll go round up those folks. You know, we're still working on the format here, so we can talk about it. It's part of the archive. One thing we're trying to do, we're trying to figure out yeah. exactly how this thing's going to so pace out. And generally, the idea was this break was going to be about five minutes, and it's going on about fifteen. Yeah, um, and y'all can just all appreciate how we have sort of drugged this thing out to an awesome <laughs> discussion of 
And, well, and, and we have. I mean, it's been, and I think we'll, I'll probably thoroughly enjoy listening to this later. Will later. you? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we, we may we'll yeah, we, we have to break that. it up into several different shows. Okay. <laughs> well, I tell you what. One of the things that I would like to see happen here with the variety, I and mean, when we talk about pulling in variety shows, I mean, it's be a got, great time for dancing girls. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, and so that's I mean, you pull in, you got your break. You're going, I'm going to pull in some dancing women, but I'm also <laughs> thinking about pulling in, you know, not just that, but also pulling in guys that have other talents. So you pull in artists, you pull in. I mean, visual artists. You pull in sculptures. Hey, you pull would this not be an awesome time for somebody doing some spoken word? Yeah, some spoken word. Yeah, and you, you say, and people it, say, yeah. like, even I a, love spoken word. Spoken word's weird. cool. It is cool. I mean, if you, have, you know, the people that the people that give spoken word a hard time haven't heard spoken word. But wouldn't this room be good for? Oh, it's spoken great. Word? I mean, it's great. Really stand in the middle of the room, complete ambient mic, spoken yeah. word. Yeah. Because I mean, you haven't heard it. You don't hear it unless you hear it on radio. It sounds so much cooler on radio. People just don't think about it because they're, they're uncomfortable. Sometimes, like, here's the deal with I don't know. It's a lot of body language with spoken words. No, no, no. Words. No, so it's there, not. Well, it, it is. On the radio? Like when you're there and you're watching spoken word and you're, you're seeing anguish on their face. Okay, yeah, but nobody's there. That's the problem with spoken word. Nobody <laughs> shows up. I, I mean, you got so. like four or five people there. Maybe that's why nobody appreciates They only hear spoken word on the radio. <laughs> right. Without the body language, but no, it's kind of like, that's cool, well, though. Nobody even hears it on the radio. That's the problem. Is like spoken word is just so, like, so. Not hurt. But if the guy that does it, there's like a mind gravy. It's actually a fairly like thing. Maybe gravy? What? No, there's something in Columbia. There is this little group that's pretty into mind gravy that's all into uh, spoken words. Okay, well, I don't know about mind gravy, but I'm down with that. I mean, I'm def- definitely down with it. If you've seen it, you appreciate it. Oh, I know. It. Like these spoken words. Like right, we'll bring them in because these so people be cool. need to be I in. Think I never thought about it, but this would—I mean, this would be perfect time. Yeah, because you pull them in. It would be so much better than what we're doing. Can <laughs> <laughs> we? Well, they're listening to us figure this out. So you heard it here, folks. If we ever pull off spoken word, yeah. I'm not saying we will. If we ever do, this, we will be able to refer back to this show as the time we thought it up. All right. This is true. This is true. Show number one. Show and number 47. Call yeah. Out yeah. Did we count the show at the Music Farm a while back as show one? Remember that show? That show? That was a weird show. I have so many different counting and numbering yeah. My show. For me. Oh, that was oh for you. No. I might count this one. I w- Mark Rapp was before that. You're right. This is show three. Years. This, is your, this is three. This is three. Well, anyway, make it yeah. So anyway, I'm down with spoken word. And if you <laughs> that's what you need. Now. That's what you get. That no PT. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna um, let, let y'all kind of transition this back in, especially since you've got such a, a really cool line that I think would really open up. Yeah. So Marshall, are you back with us? Other than what you looking at there, you okay? We're hitting the brown. It's Thursday night. We're already up in the brown. Yes. Drinking out a let me get set this set the stage for you guys. If you haven't even cool. been here, and I know there are some few listeners, but there are some that have not even been here. This place is amazing. So it's set we're setting a woodshed. And when I say that we're setting a woodshed, it is a shed made out of wood. But every piece and square inch of the walls are covered with something that is cool. And that means it's got like drape trees, it's got we got two Rhodes cabins at angles with a disco ball up against them in the back corner. We got a widespread panic show poster and lamps. We have guitars hanging on the wall and a weird like puppet thing that is cool. All kinds of fun stuff. This is at the bottom. I'm gonna share it with you. And so you also because this has to be in pretty much every room. 
Okay, and, and we got people sharing bourbon on a Thursday night. We had Marshall drinking out a mason jar. I mean, this is, the, this is, you can't get more woodshed. Woodshedy. That's a Woodford Reserve. Okay. Yeah, that's, that. a, that's the thing is that we've, uh, it's, uh, yeah, we're not doing this a lot, so we could probably stretch that just a little bit so we don't have to run any shit. Okay. Okay. Because I think we probably, we were just discussing how we, you know, probably not by anyone's fault. I'm all down for your neighbors to be pissed. <laughs> I, I'm going home. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, my neighbors are all cool. Like, uh, all, and I, and, you know, I'm not doing five weeks in a row now, so you know, one night, a little bit after. So I don't want to cut you short, but well, that's cool. how much, we won't, about, you know, we won't go too much ever. Well, what what did you, based on what you had, how much time were you I mean, I'm, I don't want to keep these guys here too, too long. I mean, I'm not. I mean, like 45 minutes, so. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I think yeah. we did it. Is that cool? Yeah. Hey, Marshall, before you get started quickly, can you tell us what you have up next, man? Can you give the crowd, the people, We're people who are dying to hear, what's up next? We kind of had a, um, a real set um, order and things we're going to go in. But um, I kind of actually just, I think we're going to skip around a little bit, but we got some old and some new. We still got a few more off the of Second Childhood to do. And um, and one off the record before that. Um, then I got another one off of the first record, New Moons. We got a good little variety here. All right. I'm turning it over. Here we go. Marshall Brown, the Rare Birds. Catherine. Is that still in that open tuning? Uh, I might just do this one by myself. You can join in if you want. Okay. Um, let's see. I, like I'll turn up my stuff. All right. Well, this this guy right here. Um, This one is called uh, Waterloo Rooftop. I'm just gonna do this one pretty much by myself. Sean, I, well, I think you might go on and get tuned up. If you'd like to, absolutely. It's um, back there after you got it. This is one off the New Moons, um, which was the first record I did in uh, 2010 um, under the simply stated Marshall Brown. Um, and this one, uh, I've always really liked kind of, well, self-referencing, that kind of whole thing. I kind of get that from um, uh, some Liverpool lads uh, throwing references to their own damn songs in their songs. 
Uh, I've always just thought that was kind of a cool, quirky thing. Um, but when I did this album, um, I didn't have a lot of material to draw from, so I just uh, uh, made a reference to the Kinks, um, the Waterloo Sunset song, uh, and this is called Waterloo Rooftop. I'm going to try and do a little rendition of this. Me on my roof, 
This next song is off uh, the record before the last, before Second Childhood. It was called uh, uh, Through Vivaldi and Sounds kind of uh, weird. Um, Vivaldi and uh, Vivaldi was um, actually had a nickname, uh, the Red Priest. That's where that comes from. Uh, just because he'd have his portrait taken and you know, some little red locks would show up under his wig. That's what I was told by Vivaldi himself. <laughs> um, this song is called Art School Blues, and. Um, we're gonna do a piece of a little piece of the next track that goes after that um, called Shine in the Sand on the from the record.
This song is off of Second Childhood. This is the latest, uh, one of the songs we've been playing a lot live, and um, this one lends itself pretty well to an acoustic show, so I'm pretty excited about playing it, which we will do now. Let's start second one. Alright, so this is called Dreamer at the Doors. <laughs>
one kind of um well we were, we were doing this all together um Baby, I find 
This song is called This song is called This World. Um, it was uh, this was actually on High Noons, which was kind of the sequel to New Moons. Um, I hadn't even touched on that. Just if, in case anyone cares, I'll say um, uh, it's kind of cool, man. You, those albums like really line up, like down to the track names, um, New Moons and High Noons. Um, the kind of movements in the album, like it was uh, inten very intentionally kind of lined up. Um, this song is called This World, and um, it was kind of the Waterloo Rooftop, the first song I opened up with this off of New Moons. It was kind of in that place. <clears throat> um, this World. We're going to take a stab at it.
I'm gonna do. Um, we're gonna do rather um, our other cover that we have uh, planned for tonight. Um, this song, um, you know, it's been a little while, but um, we're this is this is a David Bowie song off the his uh, last record. Um, and what was that, January? Um, so this is kind of our uh, R.I.P. David Bowie. Um, let me try this out for you guys. Just like that. 
this is another one off of um off of uh second child
Alright, this is one that's... Uh, maybe, uh... Sorry. This one is one that's maybe, um... Kind of an odd choice to do without drums, but we really like this song and we, um... We want to give it a shot. This is called, uh... This is called Doctor Selling Apples. Already? It has a stupid little fake out like this. Selling apples. All right. Um, I'm gonna do one by myself real quick. This is um, this is another one that was off of High Noons. Um, and uh, two or 
This is a really soft one. Three? I don't know if that's what we're trying to. He was trying to do with sign signals. Okay. He said two at first, and then he said three when you looked up. No, it was a totally negotiation. Don't let him fool you. Totally negotiated. All right, let's do, in that case, let's do these three. We're going to do five. But I truly was asking how many to make this feel like a well Um, I'll tell you what. I don't want you to, like, tomorrow, I don't want to be going, like, God, just recorded that one song. No, that's all right. That's all right. In fact, I've played that one a good bit, that one I was going to play. Let's do these. These are um two good size ones and a little snippet. I think that'll time it's it really not, good. Like I said, this is about you going, I'm glad I got that. Cool. You know, in this particular thing, you know what I mean? Right on. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really excited to do this next one. This is okay. uh, this is called My Dream Kite. And um, the uh, little jam thing is, after it is separated on the album, it's called uh, Poison Berry Jam. And it's kind of fun because when I abbreviate things for the band, I realize it's, it's PBJ. That's actually solid advice I give people all the time. No matter what words you come up with, always abbreviate them and see what you have done. Exactly. Because You'll find out a lot of things that you, you really do. Before. I tell you, on a frequent basis, I go, yeah, I'm not using that phrase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so this is called my dream kite slash uh, poison berry jam. <clears throat> Blew my mind out in a car So desperate and uninspired Was I
one star in the sky tonight and I'm wishing on it I don't usually wish on shit but it's bright and clever Whoopsie daisy I think I just wished on a jet I wish I could jump on it I'd fly forever Straight into the never Sailing on a jet stream Sailing on a jet stream Algae green lava lamp looks out of this world right now. It's shifting shape somehow. So deep and spacious. Deep sea vessel holding primordial answers. Questions we haven't yet wondered. Buried in the mazes. And the puzzles on our faces Only in a pipe dream Only in a pipe dream listening tonight whether you're here or whether you're at home somewhere in your own little woodshed also want to thank uh, everybody here involved Patrick Stephen Kelly um, this has really been a treat this is my first time I have to do it again uh, thanks for having me I'm sure everyone around me feels the same. That was such a perfect man. <laughs> if somebody just broke into the chorus, just really, it was such a perfect Marshall. So this song is called uh, So Tired of Going to Sleep. And if y'all like this, I might cheat and do one more quick thing after this. And I might that's just, just let you. All right. Um, this one, um, my little story about this. This one, it has a capo on the third fret. Oh, but you never do that. <laughs> Hint, hint to everybody else who's playing music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go, y'all. It's called So Tired of Going to Sleep. And this is off Second Childhood as well. Again, thanks, everybody. Go 
y'all gonna be quiet now or? No, no. Are y'all about to wrap that up? We're just gonna carry on over here. Continue. It's hard to Can you give us a so I can know? Can you fly me down if I start to show? Signs of slowing up or down again. It's a long road back to just our friend. And I'm so
there's one more, right? Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna um, make sure. I'm gonna close with this. This wow. is a little thing Thank I'm gonna do by myself. Um, you want to yeah, so Let's get out of here and get some rest. I don't want to leave. Yeah, if y'all want to leave, 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 please. Wait. This is a. Um, y'all get out. This is just a little beast <laughs> that. It's kind of funny. Um, it's not funny. This is written by a guy. I wish he could be here tonight. His name is uh, Daniel Machado. Um, it's a song that was written in um, a certain context. If you know anything about him and what the restoration does, they do um, uh, a lot of really conceptual things, themes and stuff uh, with their albums. <clears throat> and this is a song that, uh, I don't know, I feel like it, it can uh, say a lot more, you know, and I'm sure he intended to do that. Um, that it can say a lot more than just in, you know, the concept that it was written for. I just thought it'd be a nice little closer because I love it. I find the one 
the goodness that's in me. Tonight, doing this for you. We hope you had half as much fun as we oh, had. Oh, well, it was wonderful. Thank you so much. Hey, and you're to Thank all of y'all out there, <laughs> Stephen, do you have some like groovy way to end this in a DJ fashion? Yeah, how you doing there? Uh, <laughs> but it should start with me unmuting you. Yeah, it should start. There is a. Uh, no real groovy way to end it, man, because I think uh, Marshall pretty much ended it the best way he could have. I mean, that was beautiful. If you guys have not heard of Marshall Brown, you you now have, and I hope you guys. Yes, please check out Bandcamp.com. I mean, Bank. He's all over the web. Oh yeah, and there's and it's there's a link right on the page. So if you're listening, if you go down, you'll see the link. And seriously, I get links. They go, hey, go check out my my my. What's the one you're using for your your solo Bandcamp? You know, check out my Bandcamp. And you go there, and it's like. An album, yeah, you know, but <laughs> an, al- an album that has like thirty yeah, songs. Yeah, on yeah, it, yeah right. right. It, you go to his, and I mean, it's just it's just a bunch of boxes of personality. You really just need to click on it and see what's behind it because it's a uh, it's good stuff and it's That's all great. really unique. And um, and now I can go listen to it because before I record, I never completely listened. So now I can yeah. go back and, and peruse your Bandcat page as well. So. Yeah. I had a great time with you tonight. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I really appreciate it. You've been great. You have the ability to blend melody and songs and arrangements and everything that we, everything that the Woodshed and and me personally enjoys about music. You blend all of that together and you make it a really great package. So uh, thank Marshall Brown. Thank everybody else for coming out. You guys are great. We're live at the Woodshed, and uh, this is it. I'm gonna smoke a cigarette.